Hi, this is Des, and you're listening to Delving with Des podcast. Hi, this is Delving with Des, and today we have a local character with us by the name of Matt Cohen. And Matt Cohen is the principal of Heritage Christian School. I almost said college, and I was corrected. It's Heritage Christian School. Welcome to Delving with Des, Matt. Thank you. It's lovely to be here, Des. Well, listen, Matt, tell us about you. Uh, tell us about your background, where you grew up, what life was like for you, and then we'll get into how you end up becoming one of those teacher people. Mm. Yeah. So tell us a bit about your background, where you grew up and so well, forth. I grew up, most of my time was spent on the Central Coast. Yeah. But before that, at uh, age 12, I was at centre boarding school. Oh, uh, my family moved around. Uh, we yeah. had moved to the UK for a number of years as well, actually. Oh wow! Uh, and um, but then we moved to the Central Coast, and there was a bit of stability uh, for a period of time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we were well established there. Yeah, and I loved living there. And so you say the Central Coast, and and we talked before we went on air. That's a really big place. So let's narrow it down a little bit to maybe a suburb. Yeah. So I, I lived in a little township. Township, right? It's a little township within the Central Coast. There's only one road in and one road out. And it's called? Copacabana. Man. It's a novelty uh, suburb. Yes. A novelty name. Yes. Each yes. evening they play Barry Manilow songs. <laughs> of course, as they would. Yeah. As they would, yeah. Not quite true. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, it's a great little suburb. And what an amazing place to go up, you know, right to the, on the beach and probably not much violence. You can leave your doors open, that, all that sort of that thing. That is the case. It's changed in the last yeah, few years, but yeah. certainly that was the case. And it's a lovely place to be. It's But the Central Coast has grown enormously. Sure, and sure. Um, that's, part of that has been a shift in, in temperament in the Central ah, Coast. Ah, okay. So that, yeah. that is interesting to see. And I, I recognise that now that I live away from the Central Coast, sure. there's a different pace. So you still have family that live in the Central Coast? We still have uh, lots of all her family. Ah, right. Um, my wife, Rebecca, and uh, her family is there, and my family is all down on the Central Coast. Oh, wow. So you could dine to uh, Copacabana on a regular basis. Well, we don't always go to Copa because they don't live there. Ah, they, they live, okay. They're scattered okay. around. But yeah. we, we regularly vi- will visit uh, them, and they're, they're yeah. in different places. Ah, uh, cool. That's cool. So d- describe growing up. I mean, I didn't. Grow, I grew up in Belfast, which is a you know, city. Quite a different right? place. A yeah. very different lifestyle. And we'll not go into that. That's a subject for another conversation. But tell me what it was like growing up as a young boy, you know, at, a, at the beach and you know, surfing, all that sort of stuff. I, I took up surfing later. Um, ah. Because I, I windsurfed was my oh, sport. Oh, right. Okay. And uh, if there was any wind, I was windsurfing on the yeah. Brisbane water, which is... Yes, uh, no Brisbane water, water there. yeah. And if there wasn't wind, I was in the mudflats searching for crabs and uh, and mucking around. There was a lot of football played. And yeah. So now, football, is that soccer or is that rugby league? Uh, rugby union I played. Rugby union, yeah. wow, yeah. the real game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, was a, I was an average player. I right. played until I was 30 and yeah. uh, realised oh. I was never going to perfect it. And, and well, I don't think that's true. That's true of every sport. If I occasionally hit a golf ball and I will never perfect that. Yeah. So uh, that's really interesting. So tell us about your childhood. Did you have any – what are the major influences, I guess, in your home life? Well, uh, mum and dad uh, – my dad was uh, a very philosophical fellow. Oh, right. Um, and interested in thinking and, and discussion. And my mum, who is significantly cleverer than my dad, oh. was a, was a was a kind and, and very caring, uh, nurturing 
person. Right. They'd, they'd be my major influence. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, they certainly uh, took me along to, to church. Oh, right. And so a number of people over my childhood have also spoken into my life. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I have, and a particular fellow uh, stands out. He's a fellow named Al Matthews. He, yeah. He's a fellow who, in my mid-20s, and I'll, I'll tell you a bit about that later, but he... he uh, met with me on a regular basis and ensured that I remained in church. Oh, good, uh, good. But, yeah, mum and dad, they're, they're pretty wonderful people. Adrian, my dad, he uh, he was a surgeon. He's oh, just, right. just retired. Um, and he would spend a lot of time at work. Right. But um, work for him was a was a pleasure. He loved it. Yeah. He enjoyed yeah. it very much. He loved yeah. the people he worked with. A real with. calling in that sense of the word. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And... Yeah. He always demarked his work as the service of others. Right. So that's so that's so powerful because no matter what hits you in, in life, if you've got that attitude of serving rather than just being a job, you can tolerate a lot more, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And uh, but it did mean that I was never allowed to be sick. <laughs> so I'd say I, I was sick, Dad. I'm sick. I'm sick, and he goes, "No, you're not dying, so you're, you're, you're sick." <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I used to win attendance records at, ah. uh, at at school. They'd give me a prize for turning up. Uh, oh wow! It, I presume you got some other awards. I've I've, I've got a few other awards, <laughs> yeah. but mostly it was attendance. Yeah. Mostly it was attendance. Big into into cultural expression. So right. Um, so what what is that? How do you describe that cultural expression? What yeah. does that mean? Well, um, the arts and theatre, oh, right. okay. and but particularly music, oh, uh, right. were big right. parts of my, both my parents' desire for for me to be able to do right. that. Right, and uh, as a result, I'm a trumpet player. You're a um, trumpet player. Actually, I have heard about your trumpet playing. Oh dear. And, and no, and, and what I've been told, correct me if I'm wrong, but you are an amazing trumpet player in the world of worship. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I that is. One expression of my trumpet playing. I'm yeah, a jazz yeah, trumpet player. Yeah. Um, and uh, at different points in my life, I've been invited to, to play in worship bands. Right, right. And so, so do you do do you do it now? Is it part of your world? The well, I, I, I did it about a month ago at my little church. Oh, right. Um, and uh, the thing about trumpet is that it's a very brash instrument. Yes, yes. And so if I turn up every week... <laughs> with my trumpet, people go, Matt, have you heard about the trumpet voluntary? Uh, well, we'd like you to volunteer elsewhere. <laughs> Actually, no, it reminds me of a story. Whenever I was growing up, I grew up in a Christian home. I wasn't a Christian for most of my life, but but growing up in a Christian, in this devout brethren church in Belfast, and right across the road was a Salvation Army Citadel. Right. And I remember coming out of this church that had no music whatsoever um, and hearing these trumpets and cymbals and trombones across the road and I so longed to go across and listen to those guys. Well, really I've, cool. I've been very fortunate and have met some of the, the people at the Salvation Army here in Port Macquarie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Peter Gott, he's the uh, he's the rector there. Yeah, he is a lovely, lovely man oh, and right. a beautiful musician. Oh, really? Yeah. Does he? A, what does he play? He's a trumpet player a as trumpet well player as, as a. Or he might play cornet in the um, ah, in the, the band, Sal yeah, yeah, Salvation yeah. Army band, and, and a piano player. So there you were, growing up as a young boy, uh, going through school, living life on the beach, and you know, in a really good family. So, so when did you feel the first calling in your life? Let's talk about from a Christian point of view, mm. first of all. How did that come about for you? Well, I mean, the great miracle uh, of of my life is that my parents both 
believe. Yeah, yeah. And that, so they, they brought me up to believe. Yeah. Uh, but the miracle extends because their family also were believers. And I, I think some people have these wonderful, amazing stories, uh, you know, big, big turnarounds. And mine doesn't look quite like that, yeah. but I still count it as, as the miracle. Yes, yes. And uh, But it was when I was at boarding school. Oh, right. That right. I, that so I, where did you attend boarding school? Uh, a school in Parramatta called the King's School. Oh, right. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there I was. I was I was very lonely at school, uh, uh, imagine. in boarding school. It wasn't – I, I um, desired to be with my family. Yes. But there I was uh, yes. away. Yes, uh, I was sitting outside the chapel. And mm-hmm. and I said to God, I was I said, if you're really real, um, please let me know. Yeah, wow. And I felt I felt at that moment the warmth on my back, and and I know the cynical part of me says, well, Matt, that's the sun. That's how <laughs> that works. But uh, in that moment, I knew I knew it wasn't just something yeah. that we did. It was something that uh, yeah. And it's about timing. It's, I mean, it's not about the fact that the sun may have shone on your back. Mm. It's the fact that God caused the sun to shine on your back at that moment. Yes. Yeah, which is which is a, the miracle in that sense. And uh, and you know my my understanding and, and depth in uh, in faith has obviously matured and grown sure. since then. Sure. for sure. But that is something that's pretty special in my in my yeah. world. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And um, as I said to you, there's another fellow. Al Matthews, who has put a lot of input into my as a young man, he was yeah. a family friend, right? Friend of my my mum and dad's, wonderful fellow, and his wife Julie, uh, great influences in my world. And uh, in my in my early twenties, he called me up each week and asked to meet. And uh, wow. we'd either bike ride or surf, uh, but we'd eat, uh, drink, drink coffee, and and uh, talk and about the Bible. We're going to take a short break, and then we're going to be back. With, uh, with Matt Cohen, that's a really key part to leave because I want to come back and explore that because it's key in the lives of men. So we'll be back shortly with Matt Cohen from Heritage Christian School. You're listening to Delving with Des. Hi, this is Delving with Des and we're back with Matt Cohen from Heritage Christian School. And just before the break, we were talking about Matt and how he came to faith, if I could put it that way. A couple of questions for you, Matt. A few of the people I've spoken to have said that the reason why they went into their profession, which is teaching and so forth, was because they had had a really great teacher and they said, and they made the decision they want to do what he was doing, or they just loved a particular subject and that led them down the path of education. Did you have either of those two experiences? Uh, Absolutely, I did. I had some wonderful teachers. Um, I had a, a lovely history teacher named uh, Mr. Gill right. and an, an English teacher named uh, Mrs. Curtis. Oh, right. And they were fabulous teachers. They had fun. Yeah. But they, they taught their subjects incredibly well. I, yeah. I enjoyed them very much, but they taught me. Uh, ah. They were very interested in my progress. Wow, that's so personal, isn't it? That's yeah. great, yeah. But I've also had a number of music teachers who have put, put input in, into my life. Yeah. Um, and I've enjoyed learning. So learning is something that I've just... I just can't get enough of. Oh, right. And so in one sense, if you're going to be, if you need a profession that's going to value what you're good at or yeah. what you enjoy, uh, teachers have got to be the best learners. Yes. So well, they should be, you'd think. They should be, yeah. <laughs> no, well, they have to be. They have yeah. to be. Yeah. And uh, and so, as I mentioned, so they those teachers, they were very focused on, on the development of me. 
Right. And I, I've enjoyed that very much. But my mum was also a teacher. And so okay. uh, she, uh, she influenced me as well. Although for years I didn't want to be a teacher. And so when I finished school, I actually went to, um, to law school and I became uh, a lawyer and worked uh, for... So if I say anything wrong, I'm in big trouble. Not at all, no. not at all. <laughs> no, no, no. But we will hold you to account. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I worked for the Migration Review Tribunal. Oh, right. And, and I thought about, uh, I did a stint at Legal Aid, and I thought about what I was going to do uh, in the long term, and I could see uh, me in those you know, service-oriented as- aspects of law uh, unfortunately just becoming part of a system, and that's how I yes. felt about it. Yes. Not necessarily the case. Plenty of people do wonderful work that, but I thought, no, I actually, I want to be a teacher. And so yeah, wow. A teacher. That's so cool. Now, we talked just before the break again about this guy, Matt, who was a friend of yours in your world. Al. Al, sorry, Al. What was his surname? Al Matthews. Al Matthews. That's where I got the Matt from. Al Matthews. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about, I mean, obviously he was a good friend and he was influential in your world. And I love the fact that he you know, kept in touch every week and, you know, went and had a coffee or do whatever that. That is so important in the lives of men. And one of the things that I find in Momentum, the radio show we do for men, is we're constantly bombarded by men who have never had, one, a real father role in their lives, but two, no close mates that they can confide in. Mm. And obviously, Al, for you, was exactly that person. Can you talk about the value he added to you during that period of your life? Well, I think it was uh, his consistency. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I think uh, his genuineness. Yeah. Uh, now, I mean, perhaps as I look back at it, remember this is through my early 20s. Yeah. I probably understand it to be a kind of a mentoring yeah. relationship. But had he said, I'd like to mentor you, I might have said, no thanks, Al. Yeah, that's right. So yes. I counted it as genuine friendship. Yes. The, the expression of genuine friendship Remembering that he's at least twenty five years older than me, he might be close to thirty years older than me. So right. he he did it out of a love for me. Yeah, he, he was a friend of my parents. I guess he did it out of a love for them as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think uh, overall, he'd be quite embarrassed if I if he knew I was talking about him. Yeah. Uh, he did it as an expression of his love for Jesus. Yes, of course. So, and that's always the case there, where you have yeah. you know somebody who takes on that role with a younger person and mentors them and. You know, the whole father figure um, and the mentoring figure sort of sit side by side in how young people, especially men, grow up and mature. Mm. The fact that they have that person that they can confide in who's not part of their family, so they can be more open, they can be more mm. genuine in the conversation, and deeper even, in the conversations they have, which is, which is what you're expressing. That's really cool. You're blessed to have had that guy in your life. Oh, I count it. I counted as such. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, it's yeah. amazing. So yeah. there you were going into teaching. Were you married at the stage, or were you? No, um, I got married uh, to Rebecca. I met her at my brother's wedding. Oh, oh, uh, and he was. She was a friend of uh, of of my brother's wife. Ah, cool. Yeah. And uh, so that was now two thousand and nine, two thousand. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we now have two children. Ah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Ezekiel and Beatrix. Ah, boy and a girl. Boy and a girl. Perfect family. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know that we're a perfect family. <laughs> well, we, perfect and balanced, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, um, we, we love each other very much. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So you grew, you grew up, you went, you, you were still on the Central Coast. 
Where did you go out to the Central Coast? Did you stay in that part of the world or did you move around? I lived or? in Sydney for a period of time. Okay. Uh, flattered there. And um, I enjoyed that very much. Yeah. And I did a year in Canada on a teacher exchange. Wow. Which was a fascinating experience. So whereabouts in Canada did you go in to? In Vancouver. In Van- oh, I love Vancouver. Yeah, it's a wonderful That's place. A great set. Yeah. Granville Island. Yeah, I, loved, I, I lived on South Granville. The, oh, the road. did you? Yeah, so, um, yeah. yeah, it was a short trip to Granville Island. Oh, yeah, I loved it. I've been there a few times on business. And it, Vancouver is so like Sydney in terms of feel. I, yeah. I, I love Vancouver. Yeah, it's great. Oh, you must have enjoyed that year. I did. I, I took up mountain biking. Oh, uh, right. I enjoyed that very much. Yeah. But I think actually it was the teaching and the relationships that I, I yeah. built and the learning that I, I yeah. had whilst there that was most exceptional. So did you find it easy to fit in with a local community in Vancouver? Uh, I think when you're on exchange, it's, it can be difficult uh, yeah. because people know that you're there for a very short space. And yeah. so how much time will they invest into you is, is yes. a question. But I had an attitude that I would say yes to everything. Ah, so, I like that. Um, yeah. If somebody was going to the theatre, I'd say yes. If they were yeah. going to see the ice hockey, I'd say yes. yes. Uh, if they are going to see the Canadian Football League, I'd say yes. <laughs> uh, I signed up and played rugby in, in one of their teams. Oh, did you? Right. So there's different ways that you can engage. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. people were very uh, welcoming. But there was a sense for me um, that, you know, this is great now, but um, and I really didn't – I wanted to stay. I could have stayed for another – well, maybe for a long time. But um, I know that if I went back and hoped to replicate that, it could never be the same. I think yes. I embraced that, that yes. moment for what it was. You know, no, that's good. That's a good philosophy. Mm. So you left the, after the year. And did you go back to Sydney or where did you go after Back to that? Sydney. Yeah. And then uh, I, I was working at a, a large, large private school there yeah. and then... Uh, I moved to the Central Coast when I met my wife, Beck. Oh, right. So I moved back to the Central Coast. So tell us the journey of being in the Central Coast with your your then wife. And you end up in Port Macquarie. Tell us that story. Well, we'd um, had a very clear focus that we wanted to be in Christian education. Yes. And we wanted to... to Is your wife a teacher? She's also a teacher. Wow. Yeah. And we wanted to serve. Yeah. And so I'd been at... Greenpoint Christian College for 13 years. Yeah. And um, I think we just hit a point where we go, okay, so what are we going to do that's going to further this? This is very comfortable. I lo- yeah. loved Greenpoint. Yes. This is very comfortable. We live in lovely Copacabana. Yes, uh, yes. We love it there. That's terrible. Um, what, how are we going to serve God? Yes. And so the opportunity came, came to become the deputy principal at at Heritage Christian School. Oh, right, right. I didn't know much about Heritage Christian School. Or, or Port Macquarie, maybe. I didn't know much about Port <laughs> Macquarie. I really didn't. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, for us, it, I know a lot of people who live here, they go, well, why wouldn't you come to Port Macquarie? Yeah, yeah. Well, we think that now. Yes. But at that point, it really was a stepping out. I didn't yeah. know what it was to come here, and, and so that was part of the stretch. And wow. so we came, we came together. That's amazing. So we're going to take another short break and then we're going to be back and talk about how the process happened, you know, the interview process, if you will, of becoming deputy principal and then ultimately principal of Heritage Christian School. Mm -hmm. We're with with, uh, Matt Cohen uh, from Heritage Christian School. We'll be back shortly. You're listening to Delving with Des. 
Hi, this is Devin with Des, and we're back with Matt Cohen, who's a principal of Heritage Christian School. And just before the break, we talked about him applying for a job uh, well away from where he was in the Central Coast and looking at a job as assistant principal at Heritage Christian School. Tell us about that experience and, and what you found or what you liked about Heritage Christian School. I'd been well prepared by my previous principal um, yeah. at Greenpoint, a fellow named Philip Nash. He had been very good to me and had been training me uh, ah, in right. one sense by giving me lots of opportunities and stretching me and, and, wow, and good. forcing me to improve. Isn't that great when you have somebody like that to report to? Oh, absolutely. That's so good. Yeah, And I hope that I do that for the people I work with as mm. well. Uh, so coming up to... Heritage Christian School, I could see that there was a great need. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was... Great need in the sense of... Well, they. Uh, what I'd been doing at Greenpoint was uh, teacher development. I right. had a director of teacher development role. Right. And their, uh, Heritage was a slightly smaller school. Right, and so, right. So um, had some, some needs in that space. And so I thought, well, I've got some needs here. They're, they're, wanting, to, they're wanting to improve technology at the school. Right. I can serve in this place. But at the same time, I've never been a deputy principal. I've got lots to learn. Yes, indeed. So I came to learn how to do the job. Yes. Uh, yes. I have a wonderful colleague uh, at the school, uh, Sarah Strayhorn, who's the other deputy. Oh, the right. She's right. the deputy of the junior school and remains so. And she really um, fostered in me a, an understanding about what the role was and, and how to yeah. do it well. And she's a great, a great asset to the school. So what what was uh, whenever you came to Harris Christian School? Obviously, it had a long history, mm. and I only went to an event actually the weekend. Some of the guys were talking about Harris Christian School like decades and decades ago. This so it's got a rich history. This year we celebrate forty years. Wow, that's amazing! So so tell us about the school, how it started, if you know, just some yeah. of the some of the key points it of the history. 40, forty years ago, um, a, a group of families uh, from a reformed uh, background oh, right, right. Uh, looked at the way that state education was going yeah. and said we need something different. That's good foresight. Yeah, yeah. and and so they decided to decided to, to begin a school, mm. and uh, lots of hard sweat and and toil went into it. Wow, and sacrifice to, yeah. to buy land and to buy buildings, and to um, and to pay their teacher. Yeah. Uh, so it was one teacher school. At, at wow! So where was it? It wasn't in Hissings River Drive, where the school is now. Uh, I, I think it was in Tabor Street originally. Ah, oh, right, closer to town. Yes, yeah, so yeah, closer yeah. to town. And then it came to I think it must have been the early eight. Uh, sorry, the later eighties. So eighty three, it started. In the later eighties, it moved to its current site. Oh, right. And uh, it also had a, a little sub campus in Kempsey. Oh, did it? Yeah, a little one. Does it still have that? No, it no? doesn't. No. no. It's probably more efficient to have it all in the one space. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's its origins. But I think it was faithful parents yeah. who who saw the preciousness of their children. Yeah. And um, it's called Heritage Christian School because of the Psalm Psalm 127. Yes, yes. The, the inheritance of the of the Lord are your children. Mm. Yes. And so the, a desire to really impart upon them a Christian foundation for living, a Christian worldview yeah, uh, that yeah. Um, and that carries on. That's still our goal. Yeah, great. Uh, is to educate our young people so that they've got this Christian foundation, yeah. Christian belief, a worldview that helps them understand God's world. 
Yeah. But it still educates them really, really well. I mean, that's so important to get that balance, particularly in today's world. You look at some of the things that are being taught in the in the state schools, for example. I mean, you'd run a mile. I would run a mile as a mm. parent. My kids growing up and being taught stuff that I just, there's no way I could accept or believe in. And so, I mean, it's a real dichotomy for people who, you know, maybe can't afford to go to a private school, but, you know, are struggling with the state system. Par se, and I'm sure the state schools are good in their own yeah. way, but but not from a Christian perspective, perhaps. That's right. So I think um, I think the danger that um, you run into when you come to any school is to assume that they come with a neutral worldview. Yes, yes, uh, that's right. And yeah. so uh, if the state school says, you know, we have no worldview, we accept all things, well, that's actually a worldview in itself. Yes, we call yes, that postmodernism. Yes. Um, and we at Heritage Christian School, we have a, a worldview, mm. and it's explicitly a Christian worldview. Sure. And that, that does shape everything. Yes. It, it doesn't mean that we're not um, teaching the state curriculum. Yes, we still have to have teach to. the NESA yeah. curriculum and prepare yeah. our students for the HSC. But we do each thing through a worldview. So if I'm an English teacher. I, as oh, my, okay. That's my trade. Yeah. Um, if I'm teaching a novel and I've got a protagonist, uh, who is trying to rectify their, their world, trying to make sense of their world. Um, I see that through a Christian worldview. Yes, and lens, I say, well, yeah. this is the brokenness of the world. This fellow is trying to, to find some sort of restitution. How well is he doing that? Yes. A- and yes. in the end, um, even a, a, particularly books that aren't Christian, they actually find themselves never really able to rectify their, their circumstance. Yeah, and that's yeah. because... From a Christian worldview, we we know that the only restitution, the the true restoration, can come through Jesus. Yes, that's right. And sometimes that's explicitly spoken. Yeah. Often it's implicit. Yes. Just the shaping of that. Yes. And it's not that we don't deal with any other worldview, but we we are able to critique it. So I mentioned postmodernism earlier. You test postmodernism against itself, and its its precept, which which is that all views are to be held in equal in equilibrium in essence when you apply that back to itself um, it doesn't stand up because it says the only way to really understand the world is to hold all views in equilibrium so it can't therefore value one view over another yeah, yeah. which is in fact valuing its own view over <laughs> another <laughs> that's well, that's true or uh, it, and also from a from a I guess a Christian point of view I mean there's, there's lots of enemies of a Christian worldview, but I think the world was a lot better when it had stronger Christian worldviews in school and the way people grew up. Oh, I, I think there's there's a lot to say about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the postmodern secular view, um, it untethers itself from any truth. And so I think what we're seeing in the world today is a desire for justice. I don't think that goes away. A Christian worldview says there will be justice to come. Yes, yes. Postmodernism says there is no justice because there's no sin yes, because there can't be right. under it, and so people take it upon themselves to bring justice to the world, mm. and so that's where the council culture comes out of. Yes, this. I'll yeah. cancel you because I'm going to bring justice. You've said the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. But there's no truth about who said the wrong thing or when they've said it. It might be acceptable then, but it's shifted now, and that's because. In a postmodern worldview, there is no absolute truth, 
And I think that breeds a real anxiety amongst young people yeah. and, and amongst all people, actually. Yeah, no, I agree. So in terms of Christian, uh, Heritage Christian School, it, you know, it started off you know, in Table Street and, and I guess Christian parents sent their kids. So the, but the school grew quite exponentially, didn't it, over time? It has. So, yes. so how do you think that's occurred? Just more people coming into town or is it d- deliberate? Strategy of the school. I think I think it is true that more people yeah. have come to town. Oh, no, no, that is true. That yeah. is part of that. Um, I think also we have what's called an open enrolment, which means that we allow people from all backgrounds to come sure. if they choose. But we're very explicit about what we're offering. Yes. So yes. if you choose to come to our school, um, we are going to explicitly tell you about Jesus. Yes. Um, yes. And, and your children about Jesus, and so people, but people want that. Yes. So even though they may not actively work out their faith by going to a yeah, church, like yeah. the expression of faith being part of a church community. They may not have that, but they know that what we've got, which has not come from us, yeah. it's come from God, Yeah, they know what, what we've got is valuable. Yes. And they know that they need their their children to um, to have some sort of value set. Yeah, strong values. And, yeah. Uh, and so though they may not know that, know the good news of Jesus at a personal level, yeah. they can see that the good news of Jesus at a broad level is still valuable. Yeah. And isn't so that's it, why they come. Isn't it interesting? I, mean, I remember you know, when I was growing up, there were, there were plenty of parents who weren't, as you said, they had no faith. They, but they always sent their children to Sunday school hmm. for exactly the same reason, because they knew that the morals, the values, the discipline maybe, all those core things that make a strong society come through the church and come yeah. through a, a Christian school, for example? I would say that the Christian school or Christian schooling in our current world is now probably the shop front to faith yeah. for many people. Yes. Where, unfortunately, people aren't sending their children along to um, to Sunday school. Yeah, well, they don't exist probably yeah. in most schools, most do, churches. They do send their kids along to youth groups, yes. and we yes. celebrate that. And there are yeah. lots of really strong youth groups in Port Macquarie, and yeah. that's wonderful. Uh, but for some families, um, the school is where they're going to hear about Jesus, they're yeah. going to hear about truth. Yeah, I think that's great. We're going to take another short break, and then we're going to come back and talk about, I guess in a bit more detail, what Heritage School stands for, what their values are, and then where Heritage School is going in the future. So we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to Delving with Des. Hi, we're back with Delvin Gutierrez, and we have Matt Cohen with us today, who's the principal of Heritage Christian School. Thanks, Matt, for joining us. It's really great to learn more about you and 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 the particular Heritage Christian School. And we talked before the break about why people would want to send their children to Heritage Christian School. Uh, but let's talk in a little more bit more detail about you know what is the vision of the school? What are the driving forces that you know that lead the school in the path it's going? The, the vision of the school is to inspire students for transforma- lives of transformation uh, and service. Uh, that's, that's the vision of the school. And, 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 that's, um, and, that, and through authentic, excellent Christian education. Yeah, yeah. So what we mean by that is, well, a, a very theological term, sanctification, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, is us being formed to be more like Christ. Yes. And, and in one sense, the school 
seeks to partner with families because that's what they want for their children. So talk to me about what that sanctification may mean. Like for people who don't go to church or don't yeah. understand that, what, what does that actually look like practically for a family? Um, well, it's the maturing of, of us as people yeah. so that we act and, and think and, and live like Christ. Yeah. yeah. Well, you take Christ as a perfect example of living life well. Yes, he is. Yeah, the, he in is terms the, of morals and values and decisions and so forth, being a perfect man, most of us would, would strive to have that sort of character. I would hope so. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and so you, you want to distinguish sanctification from justification. Yeah. We are justified, we are made right with God yeah. by Christ's death and resurrection. Sure. But sanctification is what happens after that. Yes. After you say, actually, I'm going to put my trust in Jesus, you follow Jesus and you will be matured to be more like him. Yeah, yeah. And that's distinct from glorification, which is when Jesus comes again yes. and we are made, made perfect. Made perfect. We're restored to him. Yeah. So so what we're interested in is, is in is sanctification or what we would describe as transformation. So to be transformed yes. to be more like, yes. like Christ. Yes, yes by the renewing of our hearts and minds. Yes, yes, exactly. Families who want a Christian education want that for their children. Sure, they, sure. They want them to also serve. Uh, we've got a purpose. We're built to yes. serve each other. Yeah. Um, so we're service-oriented, and that's part of what the school's vision is to make sure that our, that our young people and our staff and prayerfully our families as well, yeah. become more like Jesus yeah. in the way they operate together and, and to get... And so and how, how many, uh, what percentage maybe of the families that come to Heritage Christian School are wouldn't class themselves as practising Christians? Would you have any idea what that percentage may yeah, be? Yeah, it's, it's a little over 40%. So oh, it's wow. A, it's that, a big percentage. That's higher than I would have imagined. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so I think that there's an aspect of our school which is also missional. And yeah. we do get to share the good news of Jesus with with people who come yeah. uh, to, to visit our school and be part of our community. Yeah, It's a Christian yeah. learning community. And so uh, there's, a, there's a wonderful opportunity for us to share that good news and the hope that we have uh, yes. with the people who join our community. But it's not aligned particularly with a particular denomination. So you've got like St Agnes' schools and they're all... Celtic based, mm. you have St Columbus, I guess, which is Anglican based, mm. and there's probably others. Uh, Seventh Day Adventists, I guess, they've got their own schools. But Heritage just stands as a fundamental Christian school. Is that right? Yeah, that's the one way of describing it. Um, we I'm, have, I'm sure it's the wrong words. No, no. Uh, <laughs> no we have a biblical uh, foundation, yes, and so yes. our statement of faith is built out of biblical understanding. Yeah. And um, that biblical understanding is in line with probably what you'd describe as a reformed theology. Yeah, uh, I like to use the word biblical theology because yes. that's what it is. Yes, um, and amongst the staff, well, a lot of people wouldn't know what reformed means. Yeah, well, it it just means that it's um, it holds the uh, that scripture alone is the is the where we'll take our truth. Yes, yeah. yes, uh, scripture being the word of God. Yes, so. Who can be the authority on God but God Himself? Yes, and so God has spoken through His His, his uh, word. His mm. word, yeah. And so that's why we that's why we take our truth, and that would be distinct from other groups that might have the primacy of Scripture, which says that it's important, but church tradition is also uh, aligned yes, with that. So yes. we would say no Scripture alone. Yes, sola scriptura. Yes, if you to use the. Well, you open the door to all sorts of influences when you get down that path. 
Yeah, and, and um, that's not to say that uh, church traditions aren't, aren't important. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the word of God must override all things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because that's good. Um, if you think about it, the word of God, if you think about it as a rock, the tides and winds of culture and the, the waves of culture will crash up against that rock. And uh, as soon as you step away from the rock, from the, the word of God, you find yourself all at sea, so to speak. Yes, yes, literally. Uh, yeah, and untethered. <laughs> yes, I yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying, yeah. And cool. so we're anchored to the Bible. That'll be yeah. our truth. Ah, cool. We belong to a group called uh, Christian Education National. Ah, okay. Um, and that's they're a partner group with us. Right. And they they help us with biblical thinking and that ah, right. there's another 20 schools in New South Wales that are also a member of CN. Ah, right. And I think it's almost 70 schools across Australia. So oh, it's not that we're, we're de- we don't float alone. No. Um, <laughs> we are a member of a membership of a, of a group and, and they're all, um, they've all got this biblical. So is that run just by the schools themselves or is it like a, is there a governing body? Oh, there's a governing body. Oh, okay. So we have a governing body. Okay. So you have a board. You have and, a board. Yeah. And then uh, through the membership, they've got a state governing body and then oh, a national right, governing right. body for CEN. Wow! Yeah, wow! That's so that amazing. gives us a real. Otherwise, we are just alone. Yeah, and it's not healthy to be alone. No. Uh, so not in today's world, anyway. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. yeah, so we are a member of that. So that helps us with, yeah. with our Christian thinking and, and keeps us on the on the straight and narrow, so to speak. So, so if I was um, having, I had young kids, and you know, maybe primary, just about to go to primary school, and I. You know, I'm I'm tossing between schools that I would send my children to a state school or or whatever. There's obviously clear benefits of sending my kids to mm. Heritage Christian School. Describe those for me. Well, the first thing I would want to say is that we're we're different. All of my staff are Christian, yeah, and active in their church, yeah. And that, is that a criteria you that's use? That's a criteria that, yeah. that wow. they they must be uh, yeah. active members of their church. Yeah, um, that shapes a school. Yes, it does. Um, so it's not that all of my my students are. I've just described to you yeah. that all not all of my students go to church or are engaged in, in Christian thinking, but all of my staff are. Yeah, and that means that uh, being part of that, being taught by those people, think about those significant influences, those teachers that have yeah. you know, influenced our young people. Well, they're coming from that Christian. They've got hope in Jesus. They've yeah. got that Christian worldview. They're also professionals, and they've got a, do, a job to do, but everybody's got a worldview. Yes, yes. And ours is explicitly Christian, so it's different. It's yeah. different as I understand it to, to other schools because that's what it is, and it's not just statements of faith. Yeah. It's not just things we say on the website. Yeah. It's lived out experience yeah. by the very people who teach the students. Wow, that's, a, that's, a, that's amazing. Um, it's interesting in terms of... Just the Christian education itself, that you have that depth of faith right throughout all your teachers and so forth. Um, other, I mean, I don't know the rules around that, but are, you know, can you select anybody you want or uh, in terms of being it's a teacher? It's a great question. Currently we can. Yeah. Um, we're very yeah. fortunate that we're able to make that positive discrimination. Yes, yes. Uh, it might be different in the future. Yes. Uh, but at yeah. the moment we are able yeah. to do so. Yeah. But, I mean, we're so explicitly Christian. I think if you weren't a Christian, you'd find it a bit odd to work with us. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. But uh, we're not denominational, which means that I have... Yes. We're multi-denominational. Yes, we're exactly. We're not non-denominational. Yeah, we're yeah. multi-denominational. No, exactly. Amongst my staff group, we've got um, uh, the, the whole gamut of churches yes. represented. Yes. 
this is why the Bible is so significant to us because yes. where we have doctrinal differences, we, we say, okay, but we're going to take the very first point of, of truth as the Bible. So yeah. we'll go back to there. And we hold some some points of doctrine loosely, but the ones yeah. that we won't... Um, the core ones you hold strong to. We will not let go. Yeah. So in terms of just you know, as a, a question about how you practice that, do you, do you bring all the staff together and pray at the beginning of the day? or yeah, every morning. Oh, wow, that's great. Read yeah. the Bible on Mondays and Fridays. Oh, right, cool. We pray on Tuesdays. Right. Uh, someone will share with us on, on a Thursday. Wow. And uh, and sometimes we have some singing, some worship singing. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, cool. it's a part of our life. We, yeah. um, we'll pray before our Do you meetings. take your trumpet? I have played my trumpet at school, <laughs> but it's, um, again, it's got to be you know, yeah, interspersed, yeah. really, <laughs> no, no, for people to value I was it. a privileged conversation. <laughs> no, that's really good. Hi, Matt. I'd really like to talk to you about the future of the school. Obviously, we've talked about the school, and we've talked about its values and the core values and so forth, and, and how great a school is growing and all those great things. Tell us about the vision and the plan for the school. So one of the things that's been very exciting to see at the school is um, the growth in our teaching and learning. Yeah. So we have a student formation framework, which is built around ensuring that uh, we prepare our students to be really excellent students. They've got to mm. be good at learning. Yeah. If they're good at learning, they're good at, good at life. Yes, that's true. That's and very so true. so we're doing a program called Deep Learning. Right. Designing for Deep Learning. And that's that's about uh, teaching our students the skills of collaboration and communication right. and character and citizenship and critical thinking and creativity. That's so good. That's really good that you're taking the you know, kids that are at that point where they're just about to go to university and you're giving them the, the skills and the tools that they need to be in that world effectively. They need these competencies. Yes, which, absolutely. If they're, going to be, if they're going to serve and enrich the community, yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they've got to have those skills. And built around that is obviously their Christian character because yeah. uh, we want to do these things to glorify God. Yes, um, but that's that's where we're going. So that means we've got a new technology program as well, right? Uh, so laptop a laptop program, uh, but really it's about ensuring that our our teachers and our students come to see themselves um, as being prepared for a future where yeah. they've got a task to do. Oh wow! So I mean that, that that is so unlike the secular world. Because you're taking children, and yes, a lot of them may have a Christian influence, but what you're saying to them is, we're going to equip you for a real purpose in your life. Uh, I think so too. And and that's why I think I said to you before, our school is different. Yes. It's beautifully different. Yes. It's a wonderful place to be as wow. a student and as a staff member and as a family uh, to join that community is really a, a great privilege. And for me to be part of that and to lead the school is a great yeah. privilege, I count it as much. Yeah. We've been talking to Matt Cohen, who's the principal of Heritage Christian School. Thanks so much for your time, Matt. It's been great having you. Thank you very much. You have been listening to the podcast of Delving with Des.